0: Thank you for joining us. I'd like to read from Rays of the One Light. This is uh, the chapter called Living in the Presence of God that Swami Kriyananda wrote. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. In the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 25, we read of a king capitalized for the references to God, who welcomes certain devotees to the divine consciousness, saying, I was hungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. The elect asked him when it was they had served him in these ways, and the king answered, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. To see God as residing in every human being, as indeed he does, is to open oneself to limitless opportunities for serving him. Paramahansa Yogananda, in Autobiography of a Yogi, Described a saint who lived in this consciousness as, quote, the greatest man of humility I ever knew. He described a seemingly chance encounter with this saint. Another day found me walking alone near the Howrah railroad station. I stood for a moment by a temple, silently criticizing a small group of men with drum and cymbals who were violently reciting a chant. How undevotionally they used the Lord's divine name in mechanical repetition, I reflected. My gaze was astonished by the rapid approach of Master Mahashai. Sir, how come you here? The saint, ignoring my question, answered my thought. Isn't it true, little sir, that the beloved's name sounds sweet from all lips, ignorant and wise? He passed his arm around me affectionately. I found myself carried on his magic carpet to the merciful presence. If you would see God, watch for him everywhere. If you would hear his voice, listen for it in all sounds and also in their supporting silences. If you would know God, seek his wisdom behind merely human knowledge. The Bhagavad Gita in the sixth chapter states, One who beholds my presence everywhere... And all things dwelling equally in me, he never loses sight of me, nor I of him, through all eternity. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind.
1: I'd like to begin with a reading from Yogananda's Whispers from Eternity A million salutations at thy petaled feet O lotus of light I pour out my heart's love before thee I pour out my whole being I offer all the fragrant musk of my soul at thy feet of omnipresence. O precious, blessed one, pipe the song of thy bliss in the dark bower of my heart. I am thy very own. Ever shall I be thy own. I will laugh at all dangers, for thy protecting love fills the golden chalice Of my constant remembrance of thee I cast every earthly passion and pleasure into thy sacrificial fire as an oblation of my devotion to thee in thy blessed light I will illuminate all shadows and expose as illusory my imaginary fears in thy radiant light I will remain awake forever, entranced by thy thrilling, omnipresent, bliss smile through all eternity. May thy love shine forever on the sanctuary of my devotion, and may I be able to awaken thy love in all hearts. O oh, make, make my soul thy temple, Make my heart thine altar, and make thy love my home. So again, I'd like to welcome all of you, and the uh, topic of our service today is Living in the Divine Presence in both of these readings both of the readings this morning from the rays of the one light they extol the worthiness of both the uh, path, the social path to cosmic consciousness as Swami Kriyananda puts it Yogananda puts it and the path of deep meditation that these neither of these are mutually exclusive of one another, in fact they both very well support one another. If I were to ask you, if someone was to ask you right now, what are you doing? You would probably say, I'm sitting at Sunday service at Ananda Village. Or if you're looking online, I live in the Philippines, I'm watching Sunday service online. And your answer probably wouldn't be, first off, on living in the divine presence. But, and if you did say that, someone might think, <laughs> well, a while there. But in fact, that is exactly what's happening, first and foremost, whether we're conscious of it or not. We're all living in the divine presence. It not only permeates creation, it is at the essence of everything, of all. That is, Yogananda said, God sleeps in the rocks and minerals. He dreams in the plants. He stirs a little bit within the animals and in humankind. He has the potential to break through that veil of maya and to be awake in the divine. And so this opportunity that we have, unique, unique, opportunity, an opportunity of grace and profound blessing to be in these bodies and to have the divine system within that allows us to open up and receive that divine light, a very, very special opportunity. And what's really at question here is whether we are aware of it whether we are awake in it. The readings, both passages, what is really at the core is living in an expanded state of consciousness. It doesn't matter how we get to that, whether through service or meditation, whatever we do, but that we get to that state of expanded consciousness because it's in that expanded state that we are experiencing that divine reality. We are living that divine reality. And oftentimes... Told story and certainly worth hearing again and again is uh, about a saint, uh, Ram Prashad. And Ram Prashad lived just outside of a village with his family. Um, He was out in the day working on the land as he oftentimes was. And he was singing as he always did to the Divine Mother. And so this was what was going on. And a little girl came up behind him and he kept busily working and said, Who are you singing to? And he said, I'm singing to the Divine Mother. I'm calling to her to come. And the little girl said, Well, why doesn't she come? Where is she? And Ram Prashad answered, Oh, she's very naughty. I sing and I sing and I sing and she doesn't come. And the little girl giggles and runs off. And Ram Prashad keeps busy with his work and at the end of the day he goes home. And he comments to his wife, Oh, today while I was out working our daughter came and shared a little bit. And his wife said, That's not possible. She's not even here. She's in the next village over visiting a very dear friend. And she's been there all day. Even now she isn't yet home. And Ram Prasad understood. He realized that while he was singing and thinking of Divine Mother, there she was, but he didn't know it. We can't get into that consciousness that says Divine Mother is here, but not there. She could be in this person, but not in that person. She could exist in this time, in a high yuga, a satya yuga, but not in this day and age, not in this world. And we we make those kinds of distinctions and we lose that capacity, that receptivity to be wakeful in the moment, to practice the divine presence, to live in that ourselves and be conscious of it and try to be more conscious of it. I remember on my first uh, trip to India with Ananda on pilgrimage and we had just arrived as a group Uh, by train into Haridwar on our way to Rishikesh, and we had uh, de-boarded the train for a little bit, and I had gone into the restroom to wash my hands, and as I came in, I noticed right away to my left and in the corner on the floor, this is not a clean place in India, and nothing is clean, (laughs) and uh, it was sheltered, but there is this little girl, and she was there on a tattered blanket of maybe a few couple personal possessions and there was another woman I assumed her mother standing on the other side next to the sink and I perceived her to be we were uh, told that this was oftentimes the case uh, kind of an attendant and her her uh, job was just to make sure everything was okay in there and she had a little pile of the Indian version of paper towel and to administer those to people who came in and hopefully for some token part of a rupee or something like that in return. And uh, so I went over to the sink and I, I washed my hands and I, after, as soon as I was done, I turned to where the uh, paper towels were and she took both my hands now, you have to think about this a minute because people who have the livelihood of uh, having the position that she did and being kind of an attendant and in the bathroom. I mean, this was their home, mind you. This is I, what I perceived as this was their reality. This is where they lived. It was sheltered. They had no other existence. They were the poorest of the poor, as the saying goes. And, uh, you know, so here she is, someone who's of as India culture perceives it, of the lowest caste, and she's taking my hands. Now, I didn't have a problem with that, but you can see that, I mean, the courage, she must have had to put forth the presence to be able to feel for her the rightness of that situation. And she took both my hands, and she took one of the towels, and she just very gently, looking at me, started to just pat my hand dry and turn it over and pat the other side, and then she took the other hand and very just slowly, deliberately patted it dry, turned it over, and dried the other side i was i mean I just melted on the spot i couldn 't believe this exchange it was it was divine mother put giving me, bringing me into the present moment you know we 'd go to India and we some uh, holy place and we anticipate and look for and hope for this great spiritual experience at some temple or with some saint or some holy place that's outwardly recognized as such. And I was just in the restroom and with this person I didn't know and just feeling that energy through her at wakefulness of the Divine Presence and being an instrument for that, being willing to be an instrument for that, and knowing that she could be. It was outside of caste, it was outside of place, it was outside of time, it was just so beautiful. Swamiji, uh, in the early days of Ananda, when it was uh, quite a bit smaller, and uh, more or less here at the village, he used to write all his Christmas cards and it got to be uh, up to about 400 or so, I think, before he decided for a different format. But he, he enjoyed it very much. And he would write the cards and he would pray and bless uh, each of the people, he said, as he wrote those cards. And he said that he, as he was writing them, it just started to build within him this feeling of bliss and joy So much so, he said, it didn't matter to him whether people responded to the card, particularly liked the card, got the card. I mean, none of that, how many cards he did. I mean, just none of that was relevant because he was feeling so much of the divine presence in just doing that action in the consciousness of God. And, you know, a number of years ago, uh, just before uh, Swami... Left a few years before Ilaia passed, Uh, he had taken to visiting a few places of the Divine Mother where she had appeared. And one of these was Medjugorje in what is currently uh, Bosnia-Herzegovina in Europe. And he had gone there and actually was able to meet with one of the young women, now much older, who had had and is still having visions of the Divine Mother. And he felt to ask, Uh, he said to her, you know, I've dedicated my whole life to the Divine Mother. And if, you know, if you feel to, ask her if there's anything else that she wants me to do in the remaining time I have. And Swamiji was staying on about a day or two. He didn't hear back from the woman. But he felt very clearly in his own heart the words of the Divine Mother saying to him, Love me ever more fully in your heart. And this is what it really is about, living in the Divine Presence, that we try to be awake in the consciousness of God, the consciousness of God flowing through each one of us so that our actions aren't just something that needs to be done or taken care of outwardly, uh, even if it's something in ceremony or for this season, you know, just all of the decorations that are so beautiful here, the energy support, the vibration that people have helped cr- to create, but to really take the opportunity, the mindfulness, to be conscious of God's presence of God's power, of God's energy through you. Swamiji would oftentimes say, as you uh, think of God, think of God and his energy will flow through you. Think of God and that divine presence will flow through you. You know, if we have a guest to our home, we want to know what it is they're going to need, what it is they like. I have a very dear friend, a friend of many of ours here at Ananda Village, a very gracious host and whenever this person is cooking for us she always runs to her computer looks it up okay Anant and Maria they can eat this they can't eat that they you know she does this for everybody I mean just it's incredible the length but such graciousness, such selfishness. You know, what, what kind of tea do you like? Do you want honey in your tea? Do you not want honey in your tea? I remember one time speaking of tea, chai. In Sacramento, we uh, had a group of pilgrims arrive from India. And, of course, we made them Indian food and also chai. And we were serving them chai. And I noticed that the Indians, they loved the meal and they weren't drinking the chai. And I, I couldn't figure this out, you know. And finally it dawned on me that I had given uh, the cook the recipe with the version for honey because a lot of Westerners don't want sugar. A lot of Ananda people don't want sugar. And I was horrified when I remembered. And I ran in and I said, we have to make more and we need to put sugar in. And it didn't take very long. Chai is pretty easy. And we brought the chai out and lo and behold, the Indians happily drank their chai. (laughs) But... The Indians love their sweets no substitutes straight sugar all sugar and uh, but in the same way that we prepare to for our guests that come you know what what is it that God responds to what is it that that divine guest yearns for and it's compassion it's love it's simplicity it's silence it's stillness deep deep, deep stillness. And that is one of the most profound and blessed graces of this time of year. It is all of nature. You know, for those of you viewing online, it's raining at Ananda Village right now. We are blessed with every drop. And, uh, but it is such a sacred time. And it is, there is this inherent stillness if we draw on it. If we open ourselves to going deep with it, Yogananda started every Christmas an eight-hour Christmas meditation, the spiritual way that we celebrate Christmas. You know, the first time that I came to Christmas, I hadn't moved to Ananda Village here yet. I was living in Portland, Oregon, finishing school. But I had come uh, the prior in the summer, And when I left, Swami Kriyananda said, come back for Christmas. Come to the all-day Christmas meditation. And I was new to meditation at this time, so it can appear and it can be rather daunting. It's an eight-hour, you know, pretty consecutive period of time that we are meditating, trying to meditate deeply. But truly, This is really something to get in habit and place right from the beginning. You know, don't think of it as I'm on the path, I'm a devotee, I can grow into this. I'll do one hour this year. I'll do half of it this year. I'll do the first half. You know, I'll do two hours. Come to the eight hours. Come to the whole thing and you'll, I mean, you'll see, I promise you I absolutely promise you you will get through it and you it'll be a wonder the experience that you will have and grow into it, yes, in the sense of depth but really claim that as a practice, as a habit right from the beginning and if you don't have the time, get creative work it out with your friends, your buddies you do part of it, they do part of it You know, if you're far away, if you're nowhere near an Ananda center or something, you are amongst Lead One online, keep that in mind next year. But with us, you know, for the 23rd of December, which is when we hold it, try to tune in. And if it really feels too daunting, if you're not well physically, maybe every hour for five minutes, you just tune in on the hour. Five minutes, ten minutes just every hour and tune in to the depth of that stillness invite the divine presence into your life the same goes for seclusion your Master said it's the price of greatness Master, Swamiji, all of our line they really gave a lot of emphasis to this as you are familiar with the teachings you know it just comes up again and again and again And really claim that for yourself now. Start with it now in fullness and grow into it in depth and you'll find that that grace is there. Yogananda tells a marvelous uh, story, something that happened to him early on. He was in Boston at the time and he was very busy. The work was just getting started. He was trying to establish what would become the organization of Self-Realization Fellowship and he was busy day and night he was busy he said without sleep he worked tirelessly and he realized after a few days that he hadn't meditated and this he just he couldn't believe this you know it was like what am I doing this is useless why am I doing all of this work this business to create this When I am forgetting about God doing it, this is it. I'm, I'm, I'm going. I'm going. So he said, he sat down to meditate and to pray. And he prayed and he said, I am going now. He's talking to God. And he hears God saying, no. And he says, I am going now. I don't want to do this. Not if I forget you. I cannot do this. And God answers him and says, I'm with you always. And Yogananda says essentially, prove it. (laughs) If if you're with me always, right now, I want to see Krishna. I want to see Jesus. I want to see all their disciples on a golden sea of light, ocean of light, right here. And right as he was enunciating that, he beheld that vision of Krishna of Jesus, of all the disciples on this sea of golden light, and they're all walking toward him. And Yogananda thinks to himself, hmm, this could be my imagination. (laughs) I could be just making this up. If this is true, God, then the person who's with me right now next to me meditating needs to also see this. And they did. And then he said, after that, the room was filled with this fragrance and it lingered all day some floral fragrance and he said everyone who came into that room over the course of the day commented on that fragrance. So if you don't feel the divine presence, demand of God that you do. Honestly, you know Yogananda told us this story, the avatars The masters, they go through these things so that we can't point to one thing and say, but, you know, therefore, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. You know, I can't also have that experience. They've covered it all. And here's Yoga Nanda saying, okay, if you don't have God, talk to God about that. Demand that you do. It's that close if we come to it. With that sense of inner faith, I know this is possible. The divine is within me. The divine presence is my reality. And Yogananda, one other thing that I just wanted to close with he said, he said, and because this is why the masters live these lives for us, he said, I know what it feels like to be separated from the beloved. I know what that is like. And I will help you. I will help you. So call on their help and in whatever way you can, live in that divine presence.